Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the authorities, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who is called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands, and put my finger in the mark of the nails, and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have light in his name. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. In the name of the one who creates us, who liberates us, and who sustains us. Amen. A few of you might know that I played basketball in high school and in college. And if you didn't, perhaps you could guess. I have to confess that my coach foiled me a bit. He was an outstanding coach in high school. He was a firm believer in the fundamentals of the game. From the youngest in grade school he coached, preparing to to play for him in high school, all the way through his senior players. We played as a team because he was a believer in the fundamentals of the game. And consequently, none of us scored 20-plus points on a game in an average. We were all equally distributed. And more more important than the number of points you averaged in each game were the number of assists you averaged and the number of rebounds that you averaged. And even more important than that was the type of defense you played. How many points could you keep the girl you were guarding from scoring? But it was more, he had a belief in community more than he did in basketball. 
and our grades were important as well. He helped develop community. He supported the movie nights and the sleepovers that we had at our assistant coach's house, which I'm sure probably violated all of the school district and state church's teaching of today. <laughs> Those precautions didn't exist at that time, and indeed, we had a wonderful time. We also enjoyed bowling nights together a couple of uh, Friday nights throughout our time. And what I remember the most during those excursions is Coach Landrum's supervising of the bowling effort, much like he coached basketball from the sidelines or during a game. I can hear him now, now Stephanie. I can still hear him giving me instructions and pointers. He just could not stop coaching. Even when he was not a bowling coach, he was a basketball coach. He couldn't stop coaching and teaching. And I think Coach Landrum exhibits some of Jesus' passion for teaching and coaching in today's gospel. Just to remind you, this is the second week we've heard of Jesus returning to his disciples and those he believes. Last week, we heard of Jesus returning to the tomb where he found Mary who was looking for him. She mistaked him for a gardener. She was frightened. And then suddenly, she shouted out, Rabuni, which means teacher. And today, Jesus returns again, as we hear, appearing to the disciples, saying, Peace be with you. And then a week later, he returns to make sure Thomas is brought up to speed as he was not there. And next week, we will hear of Jesus appearing to, some, to more disciples who are fishing, and he will instruct them how to fish. And then he will share a meal with them on the shore. It's as if he cannot give up his role of teacher and is compelled to check back in and make sure that the faithful Understand what they have witnessed in the resurrection. <clears throat> now, not surprisingly, in typical fashion, the disciples are a little bit slow. And Jesus still returns again and again. But not only does he not give up on his disciples, he returns to empower them to continue his work, breathing on them and saying, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. And if you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Jesus' presence and his empowerment by the Holy Spirit remains a part of the disciples' lives. We heard of this today in the reading from the lesson, our lesson of Acts. And the Holy Spirit is present three chapters prior to the reading we heard today when the, when the Holy Spirit descends upon the disciples in those present at the Pentecost. And they find themselves empowered. And that's ultimately their belief in the risen Lord and their empowerment through the Holy Spirit is ultimately what gets them into trouble with the high priest as they go teaching all over Jerusalem. And as we heard read, they found themselves compelled to obey God rather than any human authority. Having witnessed Jesus rise from the dead and being empowered by the Holy Spirit. 
These brief synopses portraying Jesus as a teacher who not only does he not give up on his disciples, but empowers them to continue his work are stories just from these two books, from the Gospel of John and from the book of Acts. But surely we know other instances of Jesus returning in the other Gospels, in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And what about the experiences that were never recorded, that surely were to happen, then and now? What about our experiences? Where has he empowered you and me? I know for certain I felt Jesus' very real presence among us and the Holy Spirit's life-giving force surrounding us last week as we rose to sing the last verse and refrain of our communion hymn, I Am the Bread of Life. I can't imagine I was alone. In fact, several of you mentioned to me after the service how, how powerful of an experience that was for you. Indeed, Jesus' presence was moving in and among us and cheering us on and inspiring and empowering us to continue God's work in the world. To have the eyes to see and the ears to hear so that we can bring about God's reign, so that we can love our neighbor as ourselves. Easter is a season when over and over again, Jesus reveals himself to his disciples, showing them, among other things, his deep desire for them to understand all that his life embodies. Surely the collective power of the resurrection appearances recorded in the Gospels, the stories heard throughout Christian tradition, and the experiences we witness in our own life, our testimony that Jesus did not give up on his disciples, just as he does not give up on us today. And furthermore, Jesus takes his trust and belief in humanity so seriously, he empowers the disciples, just as he empowers us today through the Holy Spirit to continue doing his work. This bliss-filled season of Easter is indeed a time when we are reminded in the most obvious ways of God's love for us all, as Jesus appeared again and again to make sure that the disciples got the message. And today, when we receive and celebrate the power of the risen Lord in the season of Easter, in this season of Easter, we are indeed responding that we have not given up on God. Amen.